happy to have you joining us for the QA Talk Show. This is a show where you can ask any question, no matter how embarrassing or silly or basic or whatever you think the question may be, with no judgment. A lot of us probably have the exact same questions, but for whatever reason, we're too afraid to ask. Each show will focus on a different topic, invite your questions, and be joined by guests to answer your questions. This is a non-judgmental space. The topic of our first talk show is pregnancy and birth. We are speaking with Marguerite, who is a midwife with the National Health Service in the UK. Our list of questions jumps all over the place, which is sort of the point with this show to answer any and all questions that you have about a topic. And we cover questions about pregnancy and about preparation for birth and about birth itself, as well as a few about post-birth in the show. I hope we cover the questions that you may have. If not, get in touch and send us your questions and maybe we can do a part two. So that's all from me. We hope you enjoy this Q&A talk show about pregnancy and birth. My name is Marguerite. And I'm a midwife here in the UK in London. I chose to go into midwifery because I had my very best friend had her baby well before I had my babies. Once she had her baby, um, she was fine. She was healthy. The baby was healthy, but she wasn't exactly healthy, happy with how things had turned out. And so it was sort of, for me, a really interesting idea that you could have a baby and everything could be fine, as in it was a normal event, but then you wouldn't be happy with the way your care was and what happened in retrospect. And that brought me to midwifery and it was brilliant. I didn't know what midwifery was when I, um, before, when I found out my friend was pregnant and she started experiencing it. So she went to see a doctor. And what I understood from the care in pregnancy was that you went to see a doctor and the doctor did checks on you regularly every month. And then at the end of that, you went into labor and you had your baby. So when I looked into midwifery, I realized that midwives were the ones who usually dealt with women who are having uncomplicated pregnancies. Doctors deal with the complications that can occur in pregnancy. So in the UK, midwives see all women, complicated and uncomplicated, and then they seek advice from doctors to support women who are having more complications. What difference do you think it makes seeing a midwife versus seeing a doctor? One of the things that I think with my friend when she had her baby and she saw her doctor was that they talked a lot about the specifics of tests and the specifics of how she could monitor the pregnancy from outside. When I studied midwifery, there was a lot of talk about how we could encourage women to monitor pregnancy themselves. So, you know, being aware of what to expect to happen during pregnancy and how they can be more aware for themselves of their well-being. So focusing on things like even before pregnancy, you know, how can we prepare the body for pregnancy in terms of diet and exercise? And then once you are pregnant, how you can prepare for birth and listening to women's concerns in terms of what they want to happen during the birth and what they want to happen after the birth as well. And also listening to the partners as well. So persons who are, you know, their family members as well and what that, how that affects their pregnancy and their births. So it's more than just the sort of clinical monitoring the pregnancy, but it's also, it's more holistic. It's looking at the person, the pregnancy, and also 
the time frame, how things are moving from before you're pregnant until after you're pregnant. So empowering women to have to have healthy pregnancies. What are the signs of someone that is in transition? I want my partner to be able to tell me when this is happening. Could you also explain what transition means? Transition is the phase just before the baby is being birthed or before the expulsive effort begins. So before you start pushing the baby out, it's the phase where we think the cervix is getting from present because actually when you're fully and when the cervix has gone away, when we call you 10 centimeters or ready to give birth, at that stage, your body is experiencing, I think, something that it doesn't experience very often. It's the feeling of pressure as the baby's head descends into your pelvis as well. And for some women that can cause a very big emotional change in their sort of demeanor. And for some women, that means that they're going to be going from very, very quiet to very, very loud. And for some women, that might mean that they're going from screaming to very, very quiet. It's something that women don't experience very often. They only experience it in childbirth. And so if you can imagine having a very, very different sensation in your pelvis, something that you've never felt before, that's going to give you pause. And sometimes actually it pauses the um, contractions as well. So what you'll find is that with the change in emotion, you'll also find a change in the strength and the length, the contractions. Some of them might go away for a little while, might give you a little bit of a rest and be thankful stage or you know who knows maybe if you're really progressing quickly it might just make everything a lot faster for the partner to find out how they're going through transition well i think labor in itself is its own transition so the transition from pregnancy and into labor is one and you need to be you're going to be there with your partner and listening to them and just following their lead in terms of what they want and what you've also agreed beforehand. And when transition comes, you may be able to sense that there's been a change and you may start to see that, for example, if you are using hypnobirthing or more um, sort of physiological methods of pain relief, you may find that actually at that stage, the birthing person may suddenly want to try something different, try something a bit more medical. Or you might find that even when we do have a medical um, pain relief on board, like an epidural or something, they may find that actually it doesn't work anymore and they want to, you know, jump up off of the bed and move somewhere. So there's changes in position, changes in emotion. So it's the change. And I think sometimes for partners, it's not about knowing when this is happening. It's just about being open to follow the lead and just following the signs of what's going on. So being engaged, obviously, maybe it could be after a long labor. So making sure that you are able to be engaged by eating and drinking and staying energetic and stuff like that. But don't think about your partner needing to follow those signs themselves. They just need to be there with you. Is there any way to prevent prolapse from happening during pregnancy or birth? Okay. So as a midwife, we deal with normal pregnancy and a prolapse would be part of abnormal pregnancy, generally speaking. And so it'd be something that perhaps a physiotherapist would be more ideal to like give you further in-depth information. But we know the pelvic floor is a muscle and ligaments that hold together and support the baby. 
And so when sometimes during birth or even just through age and maybe weight gain and stuff like that, what can happen is there can be weaknesses in that area. And therefore that can mean that things bulge or move into areas they shouldn't be in. In terms of prevention, pelvic floor exercises and generally weight management, um, trying to be as healthy as possible. And then we know that things during pregnancy, for example, like the way you deliver the baby could make a difference towards having a prolapse or not. So we know like instrumental deliveries may sometimes cause more issues than non-instrumental deliveries. But we also know that sometimes there's nothing we can do. So, but the encouragement is to do your pelvic floor exercises, to monitor your weight before pregnancy and during pregnancy. And then if you do have issues, the most important thing I hear from women is that they think it's normal, that it, they've had a baby. And sometimes even women who've had cesarean sections will experience prolapse because there's the weight of the baby for nine or 10 months. Don't think it's normal. Don't think you just have to deal with it and get on with it. Get it checked out. So seek support from a professional like a physiotherapist, or maybe even if it's serious enough, an obstetrician, so that you can find out what you can do to make it better. If you're uncomfortable or incontinent, all these ads on TV that show that it's normal to be incontinent after childbirth or after a certain age, that's not normal. You can get support to help with it. I'm currently pregnant with my first child and I don't feel connected with the baby. I was super excited to find out that I was pregnant, but don't feel a connection yet. Why is this and what can I do to strengthen the bond? So I think a lot of people imagine how they're going to feel when they get pregnant. And they imagine, especially if you've been waiting to get pregnant and you get pregnant, you imagine you're going to feel such an amazing feeling of love. And But actually, a lot of times, especially in the beginning, it's such a big change to your body that you sort of feel a bit of disconnect between what you wanted and what's actually happening. So first of all, I would say give it time. Okay. Um, and then once you're starting to feel things like baby's movements, you know, you can spend time talking with baby and paying attention to movements, which we want you to do from a monitoring perspective anyway. And then it will happen. It will come. The hormone oxytocin will start to kick in and you will start to feel that bonding. Generally speaking, for most women, that will happen. But if you are feeling, for example, low or unhappy, seek help. That's something you need to do. You need to get help from, you know, your midwife. Your midwife can refer you to talking therapies here in the UK. It's not a bad thing to be unhappy in pregnancy. It's not something that nobody has happened to them. It's very normal sometimes. So get help about that if you're unhappy. But yeah, bonding will definitely come and it's not always the way we think it's going to be. Why does the water sometimes not break in advance of labor starting? Water is the bag, the membranes. There are actually two membranes inside the uterus that hold the fluid inside. And when it comes towards the end of pregnancy, those membranes become less strong. And so, yes, sometimes before you go into labor, those bags can break and then you'll go into labor. But actually, it can be that labor causes the membranes to break and therefore for the water to come. Or even you can get to the end of the labor and the baby can be born inside the call or the membranes. And that's quite a special thing. 
a lot of people think of that as a very lucky thing that those babies will be very good at sea and won't drown sailors <laughs> so yeah the membranes can break at any time the waters can come at any time that's just one of the signs that you might be going into labor it's not the only one another thing that people don't know about very often is that when your waters break, it doesn't mean that the baby is just left inside and there's no water around it. The waters are continuously being replenished, usually if everything is normal and healthy. So we want to get you checked out if your waters are broken and it's time for the baby to come. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the baby has to be born within hours or minutes. It could be a little while before the baby actually is born because the baby's swallowing liquid and peeing out more liquid <laughs> and getting some from the placenta as well. My friend recommended I take a hypnobirthing class to help with labor and delivery. What are your thoughts on hypnobirthing? How would you describe hypnobirthing to somebody who doesn't know what it is? Hypnobirthing is like a mindfulness technique and it uses scripts, so positive words around pregnancy and birth, which you can listen to with music, and this can help to relax you and it can help you to get also in tune with your breathing. And we do know that breathing is very important in labor as well. The idea is you practice these things before you go into labor. And then what will happen is when you go into labor, you won't have to think about it. You will be triggered by the situation because you've been practicing for this situation and your body will start to automatically do these things anyway. I think a lot of people get caught up in the idea that it's hypno, it's some sort of magical thing, but it isn't about making you do something that you aren't going to do anyway, but it's about supporting you to use those skills you already have in a very focused and positive way in a situation which is sometimes not a situation you can control consciously. It's about focusing those skills that you have of your unconscious towards the situation that will be. I am very, very pro-hypnobirthing. I mean, I think it's a super skill to use. Um, if you don't think about it as the birthing part and just think about it as the hypno part in terms of mindfulness, it's a skill that we could all use throughout life. I mean, as long as you have the basics, then you can use it in many different situations. So definitely for birth, it is, uh, it is very, very good. It takes practice though. That's one of the most important things. It isn't something you go, oh, I learned how to breathe like this, like a hypnobirther, or I learned how to focus in on something. You need to practice that in the pregnancy. And then when you go into labor, it works really well on a non sort of, I think, conscious level. My first birth went how I wanted, and I'm scared that something in my second birth will go wrong. Will my body remember how to go through labor and birth? Well, the uterus is a muscle, and a, I think it does have muscle memory. For most women, second births are usually easier and faster. So if you had a good experience the first time around, there is usually no reason that you shouldn't have a good experience the second time around. Obviously, the passenger is always different each birth, so we have to you know, keep eye on that passenger and see how they're doing. But generally speaking, your body, if it's done it once before, it knows what it's doing and it will do it again. Talk about what happened during the birth, the first birth, because sometimes even though it went 
swimmingly. There may be little parts where you are like, ooh, I don't know what will happen there. Or I don't remember what exactly goes on there. Um, because in between having children, hopefully a year or so apart, you do forget how it goes and it can be like approaching it the first time again. So yeah, if you can go back to your notes of what happened then or go back to the person who was there with you, that's great. So that you can sort of refresh. Is going into shock after birth possible or common? I felt emotionally numb in the hours and even days after giving birth, and I think I might have gone into shock. Is this normal? I think that's a similar thing to when you talk about in the beginning of pregnancy, when you do want to be pregnant and you do find out you're pregnant, and then all of a sudden you're like, I don't feel like the way I thought I would feel. So I think the same thing happens after birth. Uh, many women think, oh, I'm going to feel like on cloud a million and one, me and my baby are healthy and everything's gone really well. Um, but actually, even in the most straightforward births, you can come out and you'll be like, ooh, I'm a bit shocked. And it was a big, it's a big, big, big life-changing event. And you can't tell how you're going to feel immediately afterwards. I would say that things that encourage you to feel a little bit more grounded are concentrating i mean we don't have a choice really most of the time concentrating on taking care of the baby okay and having people around you who were with you in pregnancy who can support you as well post-pregnancy so that you have like you know you have sort of a lifeline that can be with you before and after and those people also knowing when you're okay and when you're not okay and being aware that they play a a big part in making sure that you know if there's something not quite right and they can see it then they get help as well and if you're feeling not quite right then you get help as well for example if you think the birth didn't go exactly as you want to be and you're feeling a bit shocked from the birth itself then making sure that you can if you want to quite close to the birth debrief in the uk we have midwives who come and visit you after the birth um the first couple of days at home and they will talk with you about the birth and what happened and go over anything that you want to know about and so i'm hoping wherever you are and whoever you have your baby with is available for you to do that and i think that's one of the key things also about choosing in terms of midwifery care in other countries when you choose midwifery care in other countries you're choosing to have someone who will not just be there to have the baby out and the baby's fine and then they're off they'll be there somewhat usually postnatally as well to support you and if for example midwife is not appropriate in where you are then you can also think about doulas as well um, I really recommend having doula care if you're not going to have midwifery care so that you can have somebody who can support you in a non-clinical factor after the birth of the baby could you ask them what experiences they've had that has made them develop such a trust in women and the body how do I develop that sort of trust in myself I can definitely say what's made me less trusting of women's bodies, and that's spending more time in medicalized settings where we are not concentrating on the women as much as we're concentrating on the machines and what the machines are telling us and not listening to the women as much. So I think opposite wise, then when you listen to women tell you their experience tell you what is happening in pregnancy and when you get to see women from the beginning to the end so continuity of care I think this helps me a lot trusting women that they know what's right for their bodies and they know what they want my faith in women and their bodies and their minds and being able to do comes from listening 
and for you to get more confident in your body and inside your pregnancy, I think you need to find a very good listener, somebody who will listen to what you're saying. Even if, for example, I have a friend who's pregnant and she was saying she doesn't want to bother her um, doctor or her midwife about this. And I'm like, well, you know, if you feel you can't bother them about the small things, then you know, it does kind of build. And sometimes the small things are the big things in pregnancy. So somebody who will listen to you and help you in pregnancy, somebody you trust. I'd like to hear a few stories that they have about really powerful births that they've been at. Are there any births that they can't forget about? And why is that? Well, I'm, I can tell you, first of all, my own birth. <laughs> I mean, I, for me personally, I always felt before I got pregnant, I, I didn't really want to have children. It wasn't part of my plan until I studied midwifery and started practicing. And then I was like, this is definitely something scientifically I have to do just to see what it's like. And so I got pregnant and it wasn't a very easy um, pregnancy in terms of, I was generally quite fit and quite healthy. I had a very good pregnancy other than morning sickness. And then when I got to about 37 weeks and that's when the baby is ready, you know, term, I kind of said I had had enough and I wanted a cesarean section. <laughs> and I was so sure that it was going to be a very complicated labor. And luckily enough, I had a very lovely continuous team from through the home birth team. And I was on the home birth team as well. <laughs> so I didn't really have a choice, but I never actually believed I'd have a home birth. Um, so I spoke to my midwife and she said to me, well, you know, she actually was a little bit, I guess, because she knew me a little bit less professional, but she said to me, come on, Marguerite, don't be. And she talked me through what the signs were that my pregnancy was progressing absolutely normally and that there was no need for this. Um, and that obviously I, was, I wasn't feeling well. But, you know, generally speaking, physically, I was able to have my baby. And that's what happened. I went into labor on my due date. And it did take a little while. Now, I went into labor the day before my due date. And we were, um, it took 24 hours. Um, but then the active labor part took six hours and I had my baby in my living room in a birth pool, exactly how I had never imagined it would happen, but it did happen. And that was the most powerful thing, thinking that even though I was not exactly a happy pregnancy, that I could give birth on my own steam with the support of people around me who, um, supported me even though I went a bit crazy that was that was the most powerful thing for me and I think actually I get some of that feeling afterwards I was able to reflect on it that during pregnancy I was surrounded by people who were hoping to have a home birth because I was a home birth midwife and not just hoping to have a home birth but they were hoping to have as physiologically normal birth as they could and that helped a lot I was hearing a lot of stories about what women wanted in terms of normal birth. And even when we had births, which didn't go to plan and the people ended up in um, situations, for example, with cesarean sections, those women were still very happy in the outcomes, generally speaking, because they had the care from one person or a couple of people in a team that they knew well 
throughout the pregnancy and into the birth and then afterwards, even if they ended up birthing in hospital. So I had faith and I knew, I think somewhere, I think I was practicing, like with hypnobirthing, I was practicing the idea that the birth would happen and it would happen how it was going to happen. And then afterwards I would be fine. And so listening to good birth, positive birth stories, even if they don't end up the exact way their plan was supposed to be, doing the hypnobirthing, all of this helped to contribute, I think, to my positive birth outcome. So I think every birth is powerful. I don't think I'll ever get away from the idea that it's unbelievable what we do, you know. Even if I get tired and there's a lot of stuff going on, there's a lot of like politics and social stuff, I mean, when you spend your time just concentrating on the women, you just learn, you learn something new every day and it just sort of gives you the strength to go on. The next show will be about small scale farming. Send us your questions on any social media platform. Our private messaging is open on all of them or by email at qatalkshow0 at gmail.com. That's the number zero. If you have an idea for a future show, let us know. That's it for now, friends.